the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Wilton, joined by Detective Bolton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. You got your lips split open this morning. I was attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a Pomsky, and she loves the mornings. She does. It's her favorite time of the day. I think Pomeranians in general usually like the mornings. As soon as you wake up, they like to say hi, and then they want to go back to sleep. And if you mess with them, then they have what we call the cranky Pomeranians. Yes, and her, she's just full of energy. And and either at 2 o'clock in the morning, she'll just climb up on you and army crawl up to your face and just start wanting kisses, Or except for Bo. Bo hates the mornings. He <laughs> yeah. hates them. And Bureau is just so excited when we wake up. <laughs> and actually, she's excited too when we go to sleep. Yeah. When you kiss me goodnight, she kisses me goodnight. Mm-hmm. And, man, Husky is... I'm now learning the husky traits in her. They're so smart. Mm-hmm. They really are, especially like just everything. And what's funny, like you're sleeping and if you move a little bit, she goes, oh, you're awake. Good morning. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's still sleeping time. I was joking with you this morning that we need to teach her CPR because she, she does that front paw pounce where she just pushes mm-hmm. and it's hard. Like she could legit do CPR if we taught her, I think. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about that today, though. I've titled today's episode, Victory Favors the Fearless. And here's how. So just sit back, relax and enjoy today's content. There is a book called Victory Favors the Fearless, and it's by a gentleman named Darren Donnelly. And in this book, this is super important and very insightful because he talks about fear, and his definition of fear is that fear is the strong and unpleasant emotion that expects that something bad will happen. And he counters that with his definition of faith, which is a strong, pleasant emotion that expects something good to happen. And I've been paying very close attention to a lot of the behavior of certain individuals, not that I'm pointing them out, but certain individuals in the sense that I'm noticing the same negative feedback loops that seem to exist in their life. And yesterday in particular, I had a very in-depth, vulnerable conversation about a gentleman who is going through a very hard time in his life. And he's losing his son. He's going through this custody battle with his ex And he has a job, but he's in that situation that so many Americans, especially people near and around California, he lives um, in Nevada, seem to be experiencing right now where they're putting in an abundance of applications. And I explained to this gentleman that what I'm seeing the issue with so many people that are failing to get interviews or callbacks is that they're not hitting on the algorithm for these applications. And what I what I told him was that it seems that you may be overqualified for these jobs that you're applying for because with this beautiful world of AI that we're living in now, a majority of these applications never make it into somebody's physical hands. They're never actually seen by somebody's eyes until they have passed through the AI software that people use to be able to filter through all of this stuff that isn't going to be applicable. And the problem with that is that if you're putting overqualifications on there, that means in their eyes that you're not suitable for that position. So I I suggested to him, and then this conversation was joined by other people too, that they 
articulate and curate their application and their resume, especially their resume, to be identical to what they're asking for in the job analysis for that particular position. So all of that to say, up until this point, I think that I was able to work with him to kind of get some breakthroughs and to change the dynamics of how he's approaching his job search. But life life seems to be a constant battle for him. And one thing that I have noticed is that sense of dread or that there's something looming is how I sense his words to come across. And another way to word that is fear. And the funny thing about our minds is we are constantly running on a feedback loop. And if what we're doing is feeding the fear, and feeding the fear means that we are ruminating on those negative thoughts or the things that are upsetting us, that's going to be portrayed in our everyday behavior. And Clint and I are not, we're not, we're not individuals that haven't been there before. We spent the majority of the beginning of our marriage running on a feedback loop of negativity. And it wasn't until we decided together to do a lot of self-work that all of that began to change for us. And I'm sure as you listen to this, you know individuals in your life to where every time you have an interaction with them, the only thing that they have to say is something of upset. And a lot of us don't understand that fear can come across in a lot of different forms, such as being anxious, complaining a lot, people who are upset, being irritable. And the opposite is true. We also know those people who we're just so happy when we see their name pop up on our phone or we run into them or maybe we see a post from them. We take our time and we actually read it because we know it's something that will be uplifting. It'll it'll make us happy and it'll add value to our lives in some way. And the question then would be, well, how do we fix it? What if I'm that person that's constantly caught up in this negative feedback loop? And in this book, Darren tells us that the way that we do this is that we feed the emotion that we want to grow and we give it more focus than the latter. So by giving more focus and attention to wanting less fear and to having more faith, and although in this context I'm not referring to faith in the religious sense, it very well could be if that's something that, that you feel you could lean on in a habitual way. And I think habit is really the way to frame this context. It is a habit and it does take a lot of work to start pushing all of those positive thoughts into your mind when you're going through the suck, right? Yeah. And, you know, as, as you're explaining this, it starts making me think and, and I, I analyze and, and this is just for myself, like, Ashley and I have done a lot of self-work in, in especially this area because we saw that negative loop that we kept going through. And, and I format this into the everyday living, but even going into work. And, and when I go to work, people know me as the happily, happy, jolly guy that is always smiling and it's just always, that's how I am. And there's days that I go into work and I don't feel like being the happy and jolly guy, but I have that rule. As soon as I cross that threshold, I'm, I see somebody and I'm genuinely, you know, intrigued. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. And, and friendly to everybody. And as I'm making my way to my desk up in the office and I proceed that way throughout my day, 
I'm starting out my morning in this positive mindset associating to work. I could walk through those doors and just be like, oh, fucking work again. Or I got so much shit to do. Like I could do that every day. That's going to feed off of the rest of the day for me. Instead, if I go in with a positive attitude and I'm going in and not worrying about all the stuff I have to do and because it's it's going to be there whether I'm happy or I'm upset about it. It's going into it, being positive, seeing people, giving them that positive energy and proceeding throughout your day. It just becomes second nature and you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, there's a gentleman named Helmsletter and he talks about how I think he has a book, actually. I remember reading an article from him, and if I'm remembering it correctly, he talks about what we should be talking to ourselves about and how to go about talking to ourselves. And he had said that self-talk is a way to override our past negative programming. And he had also said that we erase it or we replace it with positive new direction. And what does that mean in layman's term? Usually that means something like having affirmations, having things that run on a loop that target the certain negative feelings that you're having on a regular basis, even if that means sitting down and getting real with yourself and asking, what are the top five negative feelings that I have most of the time? And let's pretend for you, I was just talking to somebody this morning about how he and I share our aggression when it comes to driving and the ill-mannered individuals on the road. That is one of the only times that you will ever see me have true aggression. (laughs) So for me, and Clint's laughing, but in all honesty, like that would be Mm -hmm. one of, you know, because I don't have a lot of negative emotions and feelings. We've worked a great deal on being able to alleviate that from our lives, but that doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it. So... For me, having self-talk and making sure that it's something that I practice on a regular basis, that would look something like every time that I sit in my car, before I even start the ignition, I might say something like, Ash, today, somebody might be driving like a fucking idiot on the road. You've already accepted that. You know that that's going to happen. So when it happens, you're not going to allow your blood pressure to increase. You are not going to cuss at them. And you are not going to clap and say, wow, here's the idiot of the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and trust me, it happened. <laughs> and, and that is the, the type of self-talk that mm-hmm. we're able to introduce into our lives that are beneficial and that are healthy and that will allow us to create more positivity, less fear, and then more faith in having the good thoughts and then the good life that we all want to live. And, and, and that's a, a killer technique and it, and it works substantially. And, and even, and for me, I, and I talk to my guys about this all the time is don't, don't tie yourself into other people's emotions or what's going on. And, and cause when you start doing that, you start feeding off of that, but you have markers and, and like, I have markers that I do things every day in a certain way. And, and it almost sets me up for, uh, that success. And I, and I learned this from, um, I don't know the the coach, the big coach. What's his name? The, okay, you learned it. Uh, well, yeah, uh, and and you you do those affirmations, or you get into those. You have those. Okay, I get into my car. Like and Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Okay. That's I don't know why, and that's why it was irritating. <laughs> like I know him, but it, I just left my my brain. Um, you you 
you get into your car and you have these markers at every point along your drive, whether good, bad, or or whatever. You could get frustrated at traffic. You could be, you could be in the shittiest of moods by the time you get to work. But as soon as you cross that threshold, that is your marker to let all that go, and then it's gone. And if you release that balloon in that figuratively mindset, it changes your whole perception the rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. These are great tips. Thank you. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.